This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 560 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Riders Association of North America. This week, we have Lynn Szymanski and Aaron Sylvester. This is Max Corcoran in beautiful, sunny, gorgeous, fabulous, perfect Ocala, Florida. This is Joe from the same place. I don't know what else to say about it, Max. It's just so great today. It's like the most perfect weather. I cannot believe it was so crap over the weekend. Um, You are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. Yes, Max, it was a pretty tough weekend for us, wasn't it? Yeah, and people kept saying to me, this is the worst weather. This is so terrible. I said, this is actually as bad as it gets. And they didn't yeah. believe me. I said, nope, this is a very bad January day. So the Aiken crew yeah. was surprised. They said, oh, this isn't so bad. I said, well, that's right. Because you guys this, live in Aiken. <laughs> I know. Well, um, just to, so everyone can get a bit of an idea. Um, it got down to about 50 degrees, which is roughly 10 centigrade. Uh, it was... Um, Overcast, sort of not quite drizzly, but sort of proper overcast British weather. British weather, um, and we had that for the Friday and um, Saturday. Especially, the, especially mm-hmm. the Saturday was a, a really, really cold day, and it is what happens. We do get about three or four days of those a year down here in Florida, and that's usually when the rest of the country is com- under ten feet of snow. So, you know, that's, it did that snow is what in happens. Virginia, though, over the week or during the week. So, you know, everyone said, oh, it's so cold here. I said, what's your temperature at home? And they said, oh, it's this. I'm like, see, it's not so bad. <laughs> mm. It's all relative. So, but it was great for the horses did super. It was really good for the horses. And it was a I know it was it was kind of a sucky weekend for you, but it was a very good competition. <laughs> I don't think it could have gone any worse for me. I mean, I sort of. I, I led my first horse away from the jog, somewhat per- perplexed. Yeah. As I as I was spun, um, and we'd we'd taken them up there the morning before, taken them out on the very jog strip, jogged them up. They looked absolutely perfect, and then for some reason he didn't look quite right. And I went to the hold box, and they found nothing wrong with him, and he trotted well in the hold. And they went and told the ground jury that the horse was good. And then he didn't look quite right again on the jog strip. And they sort of said, you sorry, can, you can leave your $1,300 <laughs> entry fee right here and go home. So <sighs> I did. Anyway, uh, that's a stomach. So that was the, that was the start of, that was the start of my, I my know. weekend. And bees was going so great. He was He's doing- a superstar. He's an absolute superstar, and superstar. it was just really unfortunate. Um, we had a long stride, bit of a trip up the step to the there was a there was a step up to a narrow narrow wedge, and he put in one short stride, and he went to put in another short stride, and he couldn't decide whether to put in a stride or jump at the same time. And um, I went splat. So, um, but he's cool. He's fine. So, it's and just... he was so, he was so cool because you come up over his head, the bridle came off, and he just stood there, and he waited for you very patiently to put his bridle back on. Yeah, he's a good boy, though. He's such yeah. a good boy. He was. Yeah, he's lovely. He's, 
he's um, he's a very special little horse, and it's yeah. just we've just had one of those kind of unlucky times. Yeah, and it does happen in horses, and it did happen to me with Sanskrit way back when, and. I even thought I've fallen off this horse so much. It's a good thing that I own him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, it was just one of those things. And it does, it happens from time to time, but he is in really good, he's in great shape and he'll live to fight another day and we'll go and do something else. And and now that Land Rover's out of the picture for me, um, for him, this um this April, we have a five star to get excited about to go to at Fairhill. So, um, you know, like not all is lost and and that has been a little bit of the trouble that we've had, isn't it, Max? Like, you know, if you, if you don't qualify for, um, for Land Rover, um, you've got to wait a very long time before you can have another chance unless you can without putting them on a plane. Exactly. Without putting them on a plane. So, yeah. um, But anyway, so uh, it did. Enough about my weekend, Max. Yeah. No, no. Got, well, just take then, it on the chin. <laughs> so halfway around the world, we had Adelaide. Where um, What happened uh, there, Max? I didn't catch up with it. Um, Hazel, um, and I can't remember her last name now, but Hazel, she won for the third time ah, at, on the chest, uh, at Adelaide on the chestnut chest horse that come over from Kentucky. Horse. So that's yep. uh, congratulations yep. to her on that. Yep. Um, sounds like that was a pretty good weekend. I spoke to Bobby Stevenson um, shortly, uh, briefly um, earlier today who said he'd been over there and what a great competition it was. And um, it was um, that everybody had a super time and um, good track and good entries. And it was actually a pretty good competition. Um, in some years, it's been not the strongest field and, and not uh, number wise and in talent. And he said this year it was really quite good. So that's great. And they have added on a short format and some uh, show jumping there as well. So um, it gets to be a really great competition. So um, he had a super time there. So that was good. Um, What else? What else did we have? We've got the convention coming up in Boston, which is rapidly approaching. I'm going to give a little plug out to the horsemanship series that is going to happen there on Thursday morning. Um, Mark Ravenaugh is coming to speak as is um, Tim Warden uh, from Canada, who's got some really cool statistics and things to talk about um, all the smartphones and all the widgets and gadgets that we um, can use and, and what's the best way to use them. Um, and Steve Teachman, who is a what is the U.S. team farrier, is going to talk about some um, study that he's been doing on shoeing the hind foot um, and that type of thing. And then we're going to have a roundtable discussion. So Thursday morning, 9 a.m., be there because it's going to be awesome. Um, lots of cool information. I think they're doing a live stream of that as well. So um, get your membership going and get onto that and check it out because it'll be uh, pretty interesting. So there you go. I'm going to, there, my plug is over. <laughs> oh, good on you, Max. I know. Yep. I know. Yeah. And it's coming to this. It's great. It's it's quiet and down in Ocala. It's it's uh it's quiet now. We got Thanksgiving coming up. It's um kind of a cruisy time, isn't it? Well, except for you know, you except for you uh, you sell a lot of horses and have babies and such going too, don't you? Yeah. I mean it actually came as a little bit of a shock to me that uh, my wife told me that uh, the entries have just opened for Majestic Oaks oh, and I gosh. just said, Really, can I just take a breath? I know, you know exactly. Um, I know. And and if you and if you're still keen, you can event at um, well if you've got your entries in. Grand Oaks is Grand on Oaks. this weekend. Yeah, um, and they've got prize money, five thousand dollars of prize money. Oh wow, have they? Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. So yeah, they did. Yeah. So everything's still going. Um, yeah, things have 
over the past uh, few years, Max, um, more and more people come down to Ocala a little bit earlier. Um, the majority of, of people do still arrive sort of January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd. Yeah. Um, but with the, with the introduction of these late fall events here in Ocala, meaning Rocking Horse and the Horse Park and um, Grand Oaks and the Jockey Club, um, it's given us a real full season and people are now coming down, you know, a lot more professionals come down earlier. So we're getting the, the trickle down effect of that. People are starting to buy more horses down here and there's there's a good selection of horses now, um, yes. espe especially in a week to 10 days time, because, you know, some of us have been to the sales in Ireland, picked up some nice sale horses. Right. They're, they're arriving this week and things. And so people are stocking up on on their nice sale horses. So yeah. it, it's, um, you know, I'm put my plug in. If anybody wants a, a nice new Christmas present, um, yeah. you just need to you know, <laughs> come and get hold of me. Um, exactly. But, um, but yeah, so it, we've got that. Um, and it, is, it gives us a chance to work on some of the baby horses. Some of the bigger horses can have a little bit of a rest now. Um, and the baby horses can come in. We do a bit with them and um, catch up on some of the things, teaching the students and doing stuff like that, which, which, is not that it doesn't happen, but it's not quite as intense when we're we're working up to those big three days, you know. Yeah. So getting everybody going again, and then um, Thanksgiving, which I'm starting to get more fond of, actually, Max. Oh, I love Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving yeah. almost more than I like Christmas in a lot well, of ways. You, you don't have to buy any presents, which is really cool. There is, and it's and about eating. Just, and it's about eating and cooking, and I really like that. So, I'm really good at that. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's what that's what we've got coming up. But, like, you know, uh, I think we're probably all a bit biased about Ocala in the winter because, you know, we've, prob we've probably had our winter last weekend, Max. You know, yeah, we'll exactly. probably get an, an, another bout of it, you know, sometime in January. But unless yeah. maybe you're going to we'll go – Maybe we'll get a frost. Maybe. Well, you know, maybe yeah. get a frost. Exactly. Maybe. So, um no, I've just went out and checked my lettuces and, and my basil plants and they're all looking my and my cilantro is all looking pretty good, Max, here good. for end of November. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It still keeps going. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. So but anyway, tell me this, Max. What else do they do at the convention? There um it's a lot apart of apart from apart from a lot, from of, a lot of partying. Yeah, well, there's a lot of meetings. There's actually they're trying to get more educational um, seminars going because uh, that's that's why people, the amateur, adult amateurs, want to come um, is to is to to learn stuff. Um, there's a bit of meet and greets. Um, they've got uh, you know the Pan American team will be there to do a little presentation of their trip, and um, that's good. And um, they've got you know um, different open forums where if people want to sit in, adult riders, classic format. Um, all that kind of stuff, just to people want to be part of it. Um, they've got the actual annual meeting itself, which is um, the general membership gets to come and, and um, can have a conversation. You know, it's just a big, massive open room and uh, they give you some lunch and they have the actual annual meeting. Um, uh, they've got the awards banquet um, and uh, such like that. So there's a huge, if you go on the USCA website, there's a link to the convention and all the stuff that's going on so it's actually great and it's the best city ever it's in boston i was just about to say you the must be pretty excited ever yeah. yes i'm really excited it is my hometown i mean i went to university about four blocks from there and my mom used to live about two blocks from there um and i was born in the next town over so actually it is really pretty groovy that we're going to be there i'm pretty excited 
Um, it is a great city. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be cold. But um, the cool thing about where the hotel is, is that you can stay inside and it's connected to all these malls and stuff that are not malls. I shouldn't say that it's shopping areas. Um, and you walk through these little tunnels and stuff. So you don't ever get cold and you don't ever have to go outside and you can get all to sort all sorts of restaurants and bars, never going outside, which is so super. That's really cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yes. Do you so. think you can be, bring me back one of those styrofoam boxes of lobsters, Max? <laughs> I can try. Yeah. <laughs> I can sure try. Yeah. I think I know where. I think I know where to order them from. You can. Yeah. You can get them from. Um, for sure, you can get them from. Uh, um, at the airport. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of other places you can get them. Yep. That's maybe not as expensive. Uh, so there yeah. we go. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Right, Max. Well, we've got um, we've got a couple of exciting guests coming up on on our show. We've got Lynn Szymanski and we've got Aaron um, so Sylvester. Yeah, who, who we know has been, We know that has yeah. been on the last show, but she won it again on a different thoroughbred. So we're going to check her out and talk to her about that. But um, we should probably get on with our show. Joining us now is Lynn Szymanski. Lynn, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me back, guys. How's it going? It's good. It's good. So we got we got a couple of cool things to talk to you about because um, we've got the you know jockey club. You had a great weekend there. We got uh, you are a sponsored rider for Pro Elite, which is one of our big sponsors, and um, you are also the uh, chairman of the Active Athletes Committee for the USEF. And so there's just and we just had the FEI General Assembly. So we got we got lots to catch up on. How many things happening? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, we'll talk more recently. How was your weekend? You had a good weekend um, at the Jockey Club. Yeah, um, it was. I would say it was a productive weekend overall. Um, I was thrown for a loop at the last second. I I had a last minute unplanned injury, um, so I missed my final run with um, all my horses, and I had to scratch everyone from Virginia, which was their final preparation, and then scratch everybody else from Jockey Club, because the most important one to focus on that weekend was um, RF Cool Play, who, um, yes, we were going for the Olympic qualifier, and while it wasn't really the result on paper two weeks prior, I had hoped for, um, we survived. I had, I had uh, been kicked by a horse, and I ended up breaking my elbow, but um that all healed very quickly, thanks to some wonderful vets and doctors that got me back in um, <laughs> riding shape. So Isn't it funny how we look to our vets? We're like, hey, look, our vets uh-huh. got us back going. But yes, it is amazing Isn't what the so funny? You access know, every, things all that their they have. <laughs> yeah, they have our names. They have our names in there, not just our horses' names. I so know. You, you go I in know. and be interesting to see uh, all the different vets that Boyd is uh, been a part of with x-rays and stuff and <laughs> <laughs> broken more bones than me. <laughs> uh, no kidding. Oh my God. That is true. But anyway, so yeah, it was a good weekend. There was a little bit of talk about the, the course in the beginning of the week and, um, uh, but it all seemed to ride better than, than people anticipated, maybe a little tight on the, on the roping, um, and such, but the horses all yeah. seemed to cope with the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, we got really lucky, actually, with the rain. Unfortunately, it was freezing, and it was nothing like we're used to in Florida. Um, but the ground and the going was fantastic. Um, I thought, actually, all the questions were, um, yeah, there were good questions. It was quite fair. I do um, think that some of the roping was a bit tight for what we're used to. Um, I do I do really appreciate having riders figure out how to ride close to the ropes. We don't see that all the time in the country, and then you get over to um, – 
you know, the UK or, or to Australia. Like Bookalo, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, and so that's sometimes the first time you see it. So I think it's something that's very important for riders here to practice. Uh, that being said, it is such an open, beautiful piece of land um, that I think I felt it, uh, especially because I had one fully functioning hand, so it was <laughs> very difficult for me to turn <laughs> compared to normal. Um, but it did, it did have more of a twisty feel. Kind of, it reminded me how uh, the horse felt it, it leave off. It was quite, um, quite turny and jerking on itself. So I think, yeah, I have some tweaking with um, some of the galloping lanes and um, it's such a fantastic yeah. venue. There were, um, you know. there were a few, there were like in the four star long course, especially, there was mm-hmm. quite a few rollbacks where normally mm-hmm. you'd sort of come, come on up cruising to something with a bit of a curve. And, and this time it was more of a stop and, and, and get going slow and then and, and turn and then have to pick up the pace again. And so you're in and out of the rhythm a little bit, you know? So um, it made it it made the time like pretty tough, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. And I think probably that was part of um, his plan of course designer, because in the years past, everyone was complaining about how long it was and then came in easily making time. Um, so I think it was to try and make it difficult to make time, um, which is not a bad thing when you're trying to be competitive. Uh, it's just tough for some, you know, newer riders and greener horses to get into a flow and a rhythm. Uh, you know, throughout the course and you keep moving back on yourself like that. Yeah. Well, we can roll this straight into one thing we didn't have this weekend, which was really very nice was any 15 penalty flag rules. Yeah. Was, you know what? We, we were all just waiting for one. <laughs> I, have to say, I have to say, I have been working quite a bit on making calls and, and uh, making sure that we are all represented and, and get, you know, each party's toes on on the flag rule. And then I did end up knocking one pretty well with my foot. And as I did it, I was thinking, <laughs> oh, my gosh, here we go. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. Um, but the horse did have full intention of jumping, the, you know, jumping the fence. And we are still in stages of, of trying to uh, iron that out with, um, the FEI and getting all the riders inputs and um, you know owners and stakeholders that everybody is affected by this. It's not just our our performance on paper. Like all of our owners and supporters have put so much time and effort behind us um, are are frustrated with um, how some of the year has gone. So I think everyone's trying to work together to so to make where it are we where, where are we at now with the flag roll? Yeah, I mean, we just what, had. Where, where are we? Um, there'll be no more flags ever. You know, you're just on the honor code if you get it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, where we are is we just had the General Assembly um, last week where it was voted through their slightly different wording for the flag rule. It is somewhat similar to um, where we are now, but I think it's clear with the verbiage that um, whether a horse will have clear still 15 penalties, that number still stands, um, or if it's going to be 20 penalties and I have to come around and represent. So where we are now is trying to figure out with the FEI how to make sure that is um, uniformly, um, you know, implemented throughout each nation. That's what some of the frustration was in this last year, that it seemed it was very strictly enforced, uh, for instance, at Fair Hill, um, and maybe not so strictly enforced uh, in other competitions, um, you know, I know there was talk at, at Burley of that 
it would have changed results if it had been enforced a different way. So I think riders, owners, stakeholders are all frustrated that there just doesn't seem to be a uniformly fair way it's being interpreted. So the consistency um, part is our, lacking. Yeah. And, and some of that comes, you know, there's a lot of different factors with that, but, um, you know, I think as the riders, we'd like to at least see that um, we know where that camera is going to be ahead of time. Um, almost like when you go, you have the course open on Wednesday and the officials okay all the flags in the way the course is. I think y'all should be okaying where this um, camera angle is going to be. So we all know ahead of time exactly what the standard is on where that view is going to come from. Um, and so it's also been a little thing. bit frustrating too, because I feel like a lot of times the, the ground jury gets to see the videos, but the riders and the general public don't get to see the video, um, yeah, after it's been decided upon. Right. And so that's a bit frustrating because sometimes, you know, y- you as a rider might think, yeah, I was, I was in that, f- I was so in that flag. I, there is no way. And then you actually see the video and you say, oh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I really wasn't. Yeah. Or, you know, you Max, see everybody Max, sees the I same think people thing. just know, Max. I think people are lying. Yeah, from, <laughs> from experience, I can tell you, I know when I'm not in a flag. And I know yeah. when I am and am in a flag. And I, can, and, I can, and I know the difference between my foot and my horse's shoulder. You right. know, and there's well, a lot of people. It's not the front end, it's the back end, I think, is this okay, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, is what oh, well, yeah, it's where the we back end. Is the hind I'm... end. The front end, yes. I mean, people should know. They should know, definitely. But yeah. it's the hind end yeah. that it needs to show that it's jumping the height of the jump, even if it's not between the flags. And I think that actually is something that people can't necessarily gauge. I, I get, I get, I guess, I get that. But there's a lot of people that have got away with a whole lot of stuff when they would have, well, I'm sure, in their heart of hearts, they knew that they felt the horses hind right. end slunk right. out and never really take it off the ground Absolutely. at all. Absolutely, yes. You know? Yeah, and I think Max has a fair point, and that's another thing that we're trying to push, is that if we are going to be challenging these 15 penalty calls, um, and we're not able as a public to see that video, that's very frustrating because it can be spun one way or another, um, you know, whether the ground jury is being a little bit unfair or whether the rider maybe, you know, is, is stretching the truth. This holds everyone to a totally, completely level playing field. Um, if we're able to see that footage that they're making that call on, um, it holds the officials to a higher standard to be enforcing it the same in each event. Um, and it also holds the riders to a high standard, like Joe's saying, you know, some people actually do know and maybe they're, you know, trying to, to get away with it. I think that's a good way to make sure that both sides are answering to what, well, you know, Lynn, what we're don't, being don't forget, don't forget that team managers and chefs are there to do whatever it takes to get a clear round for their riders, mm-hmm. you know, and especially mm-hmm. in team situa- situations. So even, even if it's just really clear and obvious that it's a, it, it's a 15 or a 20, they're there to fight it, you know? Yep. Yep. Especially going into next year. I think that's sure. why um, everyone is so, upset and making sure that we have it on our side and you know i think <laughs> from the other side of it i think sometimes you know nations that know they are really good at cross country and not possibly knocking one flag maybe this rule could play to their favor and they're trying to knock everyone else out of the competition because they have no doubt they're going to go clear so i think everyone's trying to make sure that there is at least we're all being judged to the same standard 
Um, whether or not this rule is going to stick around forever as is, um, that's to be seen. But the, the short-term concern, especially with the Olympics on, on the short horizon, is um, you know we don't get into the mess that we did um, with Fair Hill last or this you know last month. Fair Hill and Kentucky. Yeah, and Fair, yeah, Fair Hill was thing. tricky too because it was you know um, you know there were a few riders that finished their cross country and that then they were early on in the day and then later on in the afternoon you know an hour after the cross country had finished so that horse had been finished for almost three to four hours that's when the penalties come up and that's that's frustrating. Yeah, and there you know there needs to be a standardization of when that call is made. Um, and part of the problem was, you know, Will was in the beginning of the division. Those guys were in the end. However, it still came way later than, um, you know, we ever want to see in competition because sport doesn't work like it gets more confusing for, for the people watching <laughs> exactly. um, as well. You know, it's not just unfair to us as the rider and, and our owners that, you know, we're, we think we're clear and there's no question. And then all of a sudden the score changes later. That's what we're trying to, you know, make sure that we stand up for ourselves and, and make sure this doesn't happen again, because um, that's why everyone gets so emotional about it because it, it hasn't been, you know, done the same from event to event. So, do you, do you think um, there's some strange correlation as to why it's been, it's happened in America more than it's happened in other countries? Or do you think we're just like no. been completely unlucky? Well, or same no, ground jury. you know, I think maybe <laughs> it's ground jury and I can't, yeah. and I'm not saying, the ground jury is doing a bad or good job one place over the other, but I think some ground juries have been enforcing it to a higher standard than others. And that's a problem. I think the FEI needs to, and, and I, from my understanding are working on this to educate, um, you know, the ground jury to have a, a standard that they hold them to. So there isn't that difference because right. it's, you know, I, I know people are saying, ah, the ground jury is out for someone and they're not for someone else. And I, I, really can't comment on that uh but yeah. i do think it has been held to a higher standard at some places and not enforced nearly that's as high as others yeah. so that's that's yeah. more i think what i thought it was interesting watching poe they seem to have cameras set up on tripods with like a gopro mm -hmm. or video camera type of thing mm -hmm. which took the human um you know mistake you know that that sort of error, human error, completely out of the equation when it came to videoing, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. So it was just there and nobody was, it did just didn't, that, that, that was, it was there. It was the same place for every single person. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, is why then if we don't have that, because that's an added expense for every competition, I think that's a good way to take the human error out of it. But if not, everyone can do that. That's why you have to have it marked exactly where they are because yeah. even one foot in in the direction one oh, way or another makes total um, difference gonna, yeah it does that's why it's so hard to take you know you take a video of the same person and one looks like the horse is totally in and the other looks like it's completely yeah. out so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it um, does and the other thing about the gopros it's just not as fast you know to be able to take the data and to yeah. download it and to email it to the ground jury it's just not as quick as someone having an ipad there you know so that's um, it, I just, it would just yeah. be wonder, wonderful if we had a rule to not have to make this all so complicated. It's yeah. just what's going yeah. through my, my head right now. It's just, you know, it's got to the point where accuracy, accuracy has become such, such a huge factor and things. And, 
you know, it would just, if we could just simplify it to make it a whole lot easier, you know. Um, and I think without- maybe, maybe in the future, that's where it will go. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of the way that, that, you know, the rules process works and, and having Tokyo next year, I think everyone's trying to find a compromise that at least it's, you know, there's more of a clear standard um, of how it's going to be enforced. And then in the long term, we all work together to try and figure out, again, like you say, how to simplify it. I think that this this rule came about to try and simplify the fact that some people were getting away with clearly not jumping between flags. It's actually right. complicated yeah. the matter even more. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it is, it's, it is frustrating. Well, here's hoping we can sort, sort something. They will well, sort I mean, something. Back, way back in the day, way back in the day, the rule was the horse mm-hmm. had to get its head and shoulders through the flags. Right. But that's it. Yep. And that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's then, how Philip, you look at Philip at the like Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have said that horse is clear? Well, in, in the, when the rule, the way the rule was, was the written rule, then, absolutely. yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then we were happy was a, it was clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you've got, you know, Shane Rose, was it Shane Rose down yeah. in, in Adelaide it with the gray Shane. horse? Yeah. And the yep. horse's head and shoulder went through the flag, but the horse clearly did not jump it. So there was that yeah. as well, you know, so it was, yeah. you know. <clears throat> I think fence designs changed a little bit as well, because back in, back in the old days, and I'm talking a way back, um, horses did have to make an effort to get mm-hmm. their their head and shoulders through the flag to begin with. Does that make do, does everyone follow me on this? Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 And the other interesting thing you say about that now is, I mean, it's like if you have a horse that jumps a really solid, um, you know, heavy rail versus a light PVC, um, they're they're going to not respect the rail if you keep jumping a PVC every day. And now these flags have become skinnier and sometimes so easy to dislodge. Obviously, we had to go to that type of material because we had had some safety issues with flags and um, hurting horses in the past. But you almost feel there comes a point with the design of everything getting skinnier that the horses actually aren't looking to always stay through the flags because it's so easy to find the door out yeah. now. So I yeah. think that, you know... Another talking point for the future is how can we well, make these flags so they actually mean something? I think we um, need to have big, tough flags at our schooling at home, Lynn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have them like, <laughs> bolted on there. I have two by yeah. fours. <laughs> two, by four, two by four flags on. Exactly. Put them in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have some bruised kneecaps, but the yeah. horse will jump inside yeah. the flag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, That'll teach you. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my God. And so it looks like this Olympic format is going to stay for this, for this, this cycle, um, which will be very confusing, but it's, it's what we got for this, this cycle, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I would not want to be the announcer that is giving (laughs) real time information on what is going on because holy moly, I have no idea what's going on with the scoring. And, you know, once you bring this into account, because then, you know, you're going to have other nations that are, you know, going to be upset one way or another. So it could be quite exciting. (laughs) Well, It's um, we had John Kyle on um, a month or two ago, and he seemed to think he was quite all for it, you know, and all the rest of it. And, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to say he did he did try and sell it really well, um, mm-hmm. but it it 
I just don't get it. It's like I'm going to have to have someone there like spoon feeding me the information because I just don't, don't understand it for a start. The other thing I want to say, and I don't know the stats and you guys might, is at the moment we have this phenomenon where uh, a country can qualify for the Olympics, but they cannot field a team unless they have three fully qualified combinations. And that means long four and short four with the MER or a five star as, as, as I've come to believe. Now, I'm pretty sure that we've got the likes of Brazil still trying at the moment to get yeah. their last last qualifier. You and know, that's what, and, um, what's so, his name, was trying to get done uh, this weekend. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nilsson. Yeah. Nilsson, Unfor- yeah. Unfortunately for Nilsson, he had a brain fart and, and had two course errors and missed his qualifying yeah. score. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. um, and I know that sounds really tough, but like I've had plenty of times <laughs> I've forgotten the course myself and we all do it, unfortunately. Um, but so, whereas what I'm leading on to is I know that the whole three person in the team was to get more countries going to the Olympics. But are we really going to see more countries going to the Olympics when the qualifying rules seem to be so strict? Well, I, I think it's actually a safe, I think it's, it's, I, I think the more countries thing actually was more for the, for jumping and dressage, um, which still at the end of the day, they're still, they're still worried about the welfare of the horses going to those competitions because, and also too, because the jumpers now have the, individual finals before the team finals um so that's also really hard too because now they're the court that course designer needs to make something that's hard enough to test the true individual champion but not so hard that it's going to it, it's not going to affect or injure the horses from the lesser countries um that that probably shouldn't be there, but are there to have the t-shirt, you know, to go and buy the t-shirt, if you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a very tough thing. And I know that, that sounds they, like course designner's nightmare. I mean, it's all, oh, very, it, well it's, for, it's all very well for dressage. They just well, get themselves, go and buy themselves a new horse well, exactly. and line up, line up yeah. and travel around Europe and finally get a qualifying score here and there and away they go. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Unfortunately the, the for us, are actually, just can't do that. No, yeah, the jumpers no, are, are way more... Um, upset and vocal about what's happening. Um, and then also, then you've got your team competition after. So then, you know, how many riders, maybe their horses have jumped really hard the first couple of days and they're now, they've got their individual gold medal. Do they really, and their horse maybe is just a touch sore. Are they going to jump for their, for their team? Probably not, but you can't switch something in without having a stupid amount of penalties. And then talk about confusing that person that gets swapped in will take on the highest penalty of the current competition so say day four you're switching somebody in you have to wait to the end of that competition day to see who has the highest score and that's what your rider will take on whose so genius idea was this so think? i mean you, i mean you think our sport's hard right now i mean this this makes jump i mean jumping used to be way easy it's like you went fast and you left all the rails up you left won, up the rails right? yeah and you won you went fast and you, and you left up all the rails you went right that that people are pretty good about doing that but now the team score you know it's it's a whole it's a whole new thing now so i think the um but I, and isn't that you, funny because you, you think you're making it more accessible to the public or that was the original you know reasoning behind it but it actually right. is so much more confusing yeah, to absolutely. present on that space. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we're, what what I don't like it about it is that it seems to have a little bit of a spin on horse welfare as well for me. And uh, you know, absolutely, um, th- that's you know where where people can do this and can't do this and have to push a bit to do this. You know, it just it it doesn't quite add up in my mind. Yeah. So in the end, Canada actually may qualify as a team because Brazil may not have enough riders to field the team and they send an individual and not a team. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is that. You're absolutely so right. Max. I think yeah. they think it's December 1st is the cutoff as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And well, don't worry. This yeah. will, this will happen. We'll get back to the we'll be, get back to the old days of they'll put on a a, a long four star somewhere in South America at someone's place somewhere that <laughs> right. you know the just to make riders. it just so that they yeah. can. You know, that's yeah. you know, look. So, I'll go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no. <laughs> pick me, pick me. Yeah. As long uh, as and, and the competition will have no flags. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll, yeah, it'll get right. rid of all the <laughs> They'll just have it numbers. I'll tell you no what, we're going to bring back, let's bring back the long format, the true long format, yes. and have no flags everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just numbers. Just numbers. That would be perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, let's talk about why we, what, one of the other reasons why we have you on the show is because our dear sponsor, Pro Elite, um, um, a sponsor of yours for a bit now, um, so tell yeah. us tell us a little bit what what do people need to know about Pro Elite? Yeah, um, it, they've been fantastic to work with, and at the end of the day, I think as riders, we're so busy doing so many other things, um, and nutrition, and you know, the horse management in the barn is so important. But the last thing I really want to be worrying about, you know, in the lead up to a three day, is oh gosh, if they drop too much weight, or this one looks a little too 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 chunky going into it. And, um, I think I have a lot of different types of horses, different types of models. Um, I have full thoroughbreds and also have some that have quite a bit of warm blood in them. And I think this grain has been great for all of them. There's, um, a few different, there's a lot of different options that they have, um, in terms of what you can feed. I would say I personally like to keep a lot of mine on a senior, even if they're not older horses. Um, I think they do really well on the senior feed. There's also have a lot of different options. Uh, you know, especially uh, when you go from Florida back up north, a lot of horses tend to deal with uh, changing grass quality and tying up is a big concern for event horses, especially. Um, they have a different uh, a start wise uh, for that. They also have a top line advantage. Um, it helps add a little top line, even when you're not wanting to change the nutritional value to the grain that they're on. Uh, they have food for easy keepers, ones that are hard to keep. So um, it's like having a super quality baseline and then you get to just mix it up a little bit it's like if you like your shampoo but then you're not really happy with the texture of your hair you can you know add a little more <laughs> i have that it. trouble you know yeah you do have I, that I trouble. Knew I you did. that's why i used <laughs> yeah. this so yeah yeah no, I, do. I, knew you would get I need it. to switch it up a little yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah. you know what so you would be able to use the equivalent of pro elite because they have one that grows hair so there you go <laughs> okay oh, well, i'm all over that yeah. oh, that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, so I buy it at home. I buy it through Southern State. They have a few when I go down south. I have a few different people that carry it, but um, it is it's seen through all different um, all different 
stores, so I've had no issue ever sourcing it. And the horses eat it great. It's very palatable. That's actually um, a big deal, horses- isn't it? Actually, it's like you can it have is. the fanciest grain, yeah. but if your horse doesn't eat it, then eh, big deal. And I have, yeah, I have to admit, you know, I've, I have had that issue in the, in the past trying to figure out a grain that, you know, on paper it looks great and it's expensive and everybody swears by it, but the horses don't really eat it. Um, you know, and then if you're having to add something to make it more palatable, you're changing, you know, the nutritional value Everything. of the grain. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just my horses, I think, you know, biased but i think they, they they look well and um i've i've never really been concerned on how to um keep them on the type of grain and tweak it a little bit depending on where they are in their seasons and, and what each of them need that's awesome that's pretty nice <laughs> that's actually it is nice it's, you don't have to worry about it there's enough know. other things no. to worry about so exactly um, yeah no and they've been great to work with so um, you know, and I, they, they are a, a sponsor of mine, but I do have options for, uh, different companies to work with and they've been wonderful to work with and the horses are happy. And so that, you know, that's what sells it to me is, is something that, um, the horses do well on and, um, they're happy eating and it makes life a lot simpler in the end of the day. Yeah. And they have the, um, they've got their own mill and so everything is quality controlled and all that other good stuff yep. too, isn't it? Yeah. Which yep, after absolutely. we've heard these stories about these horror stories about other grain companies that yeah. have had some, um, um, contamination from, you know, uh, cow, cattle grain, then the horse is getting neurologic. And so it's, it gets on so many different levels of, um, how important that is to have the, um, clean. It is. It's, yeah. terrifying and also you know so when you have the horses that are um you know traveling overseas um it's a big concern especially the top horses at the fei level with drug testing you know if you don't yes. have any sort of standardization you don't you have no idea what tiny little trace anything could be in there to contaminate them and that's a big deal especially going into you know games or championships absolutely yep and where can people find more information? Is there a website? So you can find it at proaleadhorsefeed.com. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. And they have a really well laid out, um, you know, chart, uh, uh, you know, analysis between each of the grains. So, you know, if you know what your horse has done well on and want to try that, you can find something similar. Um, you know, it compares different brands. It also compares cross compares all of their own grains and, and, um, their supplements as well. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, Lynn, yeah. we know you're busy trying to do things and getting your regrouping and teaching lessons and all that other kind of bazillions of you have stuff. So we'll hey, let you go. Lynn, your, uh, your, your Twitter handle is at Lynn Szymanski. Okay. <laughs> with a capital L, a capital S, and a capital E, and then Q. Okay, just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> Did you? I knew you pulled that. I know you use it every day, so that's how you knew it. So you can share it with everyone. So thank you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it would be actually really funny if the professional riders actually did their own Twitter and their own Facebook page, it would actually be kind of comical because it would be 
gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some people do do it. Um, But yeah, I I usually will add some pictures and give my input, but then I actually wouldn't know how to do it myself. Exactly. uh, We all just watch Kyle Carter reposting a video 30 times. Um, yes. On Facebook yes, over the last was... 24 hours, which that's a case in point. That is exactly yes. why we can't be responsible for doing our own thing. Exactly. Um, because of this <laughs> one video on my team. <laughs> and again, and again, and again. Bless us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right, guys. Well, thank well, you for having me on. Stay warm up there, and uh, and we will see you soon. The Eventing Writers Association of North America is the collective voice of writers, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. And a really warm welcome back to Erin Sylvester. Hi. Thanks hey, for having me on again. No worries. No worries. <laughs> and again. And again. <laughs> and again. You're just like, you, you're just winning so much that we just had to have you back. But. What's really cool is um, it was on a different horse. And, like, I have to say that Paddy the Caddy is one of my favorite, favorite horses um, because, uh, number one, he's a thoroughbred, and, number two, he's an awesome, awesome show jumper. Um, but this is a chance to talk about campground and um, the jockey club and um, what how he went this weekend. So um, can you t- tell us a little bit about it? Tell us First of all, tell us a little bit about campground. Yeah, um, so Campground of Gideon is his barn name. Um, he is a 12-year-old thoroughbred um, that he was bought by his owner, Marnie Kelly. As a three-year-old, he had trained on the track in Kentucky but never ran. Um, and we have brought him along together from the start. Um, Marnie's been a longtime client and good friend of mine and she's the sweetest lady in the world. And, um, you know, he, he's been a great horse all along. He's a thoroughbred. He struggles a little bit with his dressage. Um, but is a super jumper, loves to gallop and just has a heart of gold. Um, so it was really special for him to have the chance to take the victory this weekend because it, he's sort of a, he's a winning mindset and heart and everything. And he, he doesn't always get the chance to kind of come out on top. Um, you know, it, it takes an event where the cross country is a bit gritty and a few different things happen that just sort of give him the opportunity to soar up to the top. So I was very, I was very excited for him that he had that, um, spot in um the limelight this weekend because he a little bit falls in, i mean because everybody knows patty the caddy because he's such a dude but so he a little bit falls into the shadow of patty doesn't he he does yeah. he does poor guy <laughs> <laughs> well it's kind of kind of cool to have a have a shadowed horse win right <laughs> it's still pretty, pretty yep. great. Yeah. yeah it was yeah and you had quite an epic 
save. I don't know if, if the listeners or anybody has seen the, at the first water. Um, and it, I don't, it was interesting. I was in the clubhouse working and, um, we hear this, Oh, Oh yeah. And everybody starts cheering. And I said, what happened? They said, Oh my God, Aaron Sylvester just had the most epic save. And, um, it was, I said, it would be so cool for the riders to be able to hear that, you know, to be able to hear that everybody else cheering for you, because, um, it was kind of a big drop in. He just sort of tripped a little bit. It wasn't even that big of a huge save, but he just picked his head up and went on with it. Didn't he? He did. Yeah. He was awesome about it. Um, I, I really thought we were going down, um, <laughs> you know, as it was happening, I was like, well, this is happening. It's going to be a long drive home. <laughs> and then he's writing himself and he like his head's coming up and I'm like, well, this stinks. I'm going to have to circle now. And then he just picked up on the fence and I was like, Oh God, we're actually doing this. <laughs> so <laughs> I held the rein and kicked him and, um, and he loved it. And he, he's a funny horse, you know, some horses, if they'd have something like that happen, it would um, rattle them a little bit. And he's the type of horse when he has to fight really hard through something, he gets to the backside and he's just so pumped that he did it, that he, he's like sky high confidence after that. So um, on another horse, having that happen at the water, like maybe I'd be really worried about like the corner combination and those double brushes ended up causing a fair bit of issues. And they were basically right after that water, there was one let up fence in between. And so I think if I was on a different horse, I'd be a little worried that, Oh God, you know, we've got these really tough combinations coming up and I got to get his confidence back out there. And, um, it just didn't even phase him in the slightest. Like he was so excited that he had conquered that. And then at the, at the corners and at the brushes, he just, he was on fire. Yeah. And so it's not, it's been, um, both of these competitions that you've just won back to back, you have not been in the lead going into the show jumping. You've just gone in and done your show jumping round and then sort of patiently waited to see what happened. Um, because you were, were you, were you in third place going into show jumping this weekend? I was, and yeah. um, Philip was in second, and Lauren was in first. Yeah, so that must have been, you know, you sort of do your round, and you're sort of ho hum, you know, oh yeah, I finished, and <laughs> then it's a bit of a surprise that you actually won. Yeah, um, I we actually came into the event with like not the highest confidence with his show jumping. Um, he can have really good rounds in him, and he can have rounds where he gets pretty nervous and a little bit unrideable in the ring and then he'll have a few rails and his last event that he did was plantation. He had three rails down there and it was, some of the course was really nice, but um, there were two spots where he got kind of tight and unrideable on me and then he had rails because of it. And so um, like the biggest thing for me is I, I wanted to come through this weekend and finish him on a Jassar score or close to it. And like, um, we have Kentucky in our site for the spring for him. And I wanted to, um, we've changed some things as show jumping and I wanted to like see that through and feel that we had a rideable horse on Sunday and, um, and all of that. So the win was awesome and I'm so excited about it and excited for Gideon and for Marnie. Um, but it was also just really exciting to have the horse that I had in show jumping and he was super rideable. The one rail that we had, I could have prevented it. Um, 
and he, he just was great in the arena. He didn't get nervous and he was very rideable and he just tried to jump careful the whole way around. Um, so there's plenty of atmosphere down in there with the trade stands all around and the flags going and everything. Yeah, there was. And he, in the past has kind of struggled with that. Like he very much struggles with that at plantation. Um, and he seemed like he struggled with it in his dressage, like he didn't have his best test on Friday. He warmed up very well. And then when he got down there, he got a little bit boiled over when he was going around the arena. And I was just battling a bit of tension through the whole test. So I didn't know if that was going to kind of carry over into the show gym. And, um, and it, it didn't, you know, he just was, he was so focused and didn't think about anything except what I was asking him and the fences that were in front of him. And I haven't had him feel he's had some clear show jump rounds in the last year, but none of them they've been feeling like wild and clear. Like he's not been the most rideable, but he wants to jump clear. So he's just jumping really big and, and um, kind of trying too hard. But on Sunday, he just was all business and um, let me put him at every distance I wanted to and wasn't thinking about anything other than me and the jumps. And so that was really nice to feel and a a nice feeling to be carrying forward into what we're hoping for next year. That's cool. And nice. I mean, you ride a lot of thoroughbreds. It's nice. The Jockey Club has these uh, prizes for the for the thoroughbreds as well. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and they had two thoroughbreds that won two of the long format levels, which I think was pretty special for the owners of the Jockey Club, but I think it's um, uh, pretty cool. We just don't get to see that that often anymore, do we? I know, yeah. Well, I I didn't get the chance to walk the three-star course, but the four-star course definitely walked a thoroughbred track. Um, Like I walking around it I was really really happy I was gonna be riding around on the horse <laughs> um, you know they they turned around the um the loop that you like came up to the top of the hill where they had the double brush uh the oh, double right. brush chevrons yeah. here and in the past you've made like a slower pull up to that spot and I don't know i I felt like the way that it was laid out this year, um, it seemed like it was going to take a bit more out of the horses and, and it's still covering the same ground. And I don't know why I got that feeling, but I, I did, I did think that like going from the double brushes at the ditches at the bottom of the hill and having to carry up to the top of that hill rather than run down that hill, which it, the, the course has done in the past. I thought that that would be a little bit more taxing on the horses and I yeah, think I mean, it, it was when you it was, looked at how the, yeah. it was a little bit longer you know um, it was 26 seconds longer this year it was 10 minutes last year and oh, was it really? yeah because it was the same as the the um, long long three last year if you remember uh, right so right yes I remember 10, the drama 10 minutes yeah so both 10 minutes so this is 26 seconds longer but it also had um, rollbacks and things which we had didn't have the year before. Now, last year the time was not easy to make in the long four, um, whereas the ones in the uh, long three, all a lot of horses went round inside the time easily because they had ten minutes and plenty of galloping. 
you know. So that's probably why we switched it up, and that's probably why you're in that you'd starting you thinking it was a little bit tougher because it was, you know, it was just a, a wee bit longer and it was a little bit more demanding. I thought. Yeah. So are you? So now you're you're home. Your horses are having a bit of a holiday. What else, what's next for for you? Do you guys are you do you guys still have competitions? You've got obviously lots of students you're teaching because you were busy teaching today. Yep, um, we don't have any more competitions for the season, but I thank I God, right? <laughs> I know, very happy to have it over. I like I like November and December just having like a bit of. Um, normalcy in our lifestyle yeah um but we are looking forward to heading to Aiken at the beginning of the year and we'll be there until the end of March um and until that point I'm just teaching locally um there are a couple pony clubs that I work closely with so when I'm not on the road going to the bigger shows I'm catching up on teaching all those kids and they're a lot of fun um so I'll just be teaching and doing a few clinics until we leave and trying to uh, steal away with my husband for something of a <laughs> small honeymoon, but I'm not sure. Oh, details. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. Cause you just got married. When did you got married? Not, not too long ago. In June. Yeah. 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 So it's been, it, and that's a tough thing about being uh, eventing. You just sort of, you can get, there's a weekend, but there's usually not a week after that weekend, is there? Yeah. Yeah, this is the only <laughs> time of year that you can really easily, like, get away with being gone for, you know, five to seven days or something, which right. is not, if we go away, it'll be for, like, three days. We both um, we both get, like, um, a little stir-crazy. We're, we're good with, like, shorter, uh, <laughs> shorter vacations, and then we like to get back home. Um, we have a we have a big farm that always takes so much work and care. So um, it's hard for us to leave it for more than a few days. Yeah. As always, as everyone knows. As is horses. Yep. Yep. Horses. I know. I know. Cool that you still do a lot of pony club stuff because I feel like that's um, something that's um, was fading away for a bit, but I feel like a lot of people are starting to get reconnected with the pony club. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. Um, the, you know, I think it comes in waves like anything else, like there, what I've experienced is there are, um, a lot of clubs that will kind of be on an uphill swing and we'll pull a lot of kids in and they'll be very strong for maybe 10 or 15 years. And then that interest wanes and then another club will come in a little bit stronger and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Generational, um, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's an important, I think it's important, something that um, there's parts of it that are so great, the camaraderie they have and the education that they learn and all that is, is awesome. We are going to let you go and hopefully plan out your vacation. Um, but thank you again for having, having, coming on with us and, um, and congratulations again. What a great um, yeah, well done. way to finish, finish up your fall. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> it's pretty, thank you. pretty great. Pretty incredible. Thank you. We're excited about it. Hopefully we can carry it forward to 2020. Well, it's cool that Thoroughbreds is still rating supreme, isn't it, Max? I know. Yeah. And, and it's cool. It's great for the owners of the Jockey Club, uh, Pavla, Pavla and Eric, that are so great to let us use their property because they don't really, 
they're thoroughbred fans. They're not eventing fans. So for two thoroughbreds to win two of the divisions was awesome. I think that was uh, really cool. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. She's um, on fire. Aaron's on fire. I know. It's I know. Cool. I know. So, yeah. Well, there's nothing like a nice thoroughbred that you can shake the reins at 10 minutes and they just find another gear. Which Don't is, they? Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. For some of those warm bloods, they want to change places with you. <laughs> it's true. You carry me. No. <laughs> no. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they'd never lose their jump. And I mean, you might hate them on the first day, but you love them on the third. No, well, you do. And especially yeah. when, yeah, they do. They just, they keep their energy and they're just fantastic. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, Max, yeah. it's um, probably time that um, you started packing your bags for the convention. And, yeah. Um, but before that, <laughs> you're very excited about this. I can I tell, am, aren't you? I love, yeah. I love Boston. I'm just excited to be there. I'm going to see my right. college roommates. I'm going to see my uh, my family. Um, so there's lots um, of people up in the North Shore that I haven't seen in a while. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Okay. All okay. right. Yeah. Well, you're going to have fun. Good for you, Max. Irish bars, you know. That would be awesome. I'd love to go, actually. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's a great city. It's a great city. Great restaurants, great city, great people. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of great great restaurants, um, Ruthie and I and my parents slipped down to Naples to uh, have a couple of nights with the Foot family down there. Nice. And um, I have to say that it was... Rather a special treat. <laughs> yes, I can only and, imagine. Um, it, um, there's some fabulous, it's it's like the Riviera. It's unbelievable down there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, no, it's pretty cool. It's pretty That's cool. awesome. Anyway, Max, but about time you got the closing bits done. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Writers Association of North America at eraofna.com. And everybody should buy their new insurance because it's coming up and it's really good insurance. So there's that. You can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to The Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with a free Horse Radio Network app for the iPhone or Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to our sponsor, Pro Elite Feeds. Ask for Pro Elite at your local feed supplier or visit them online at proelitehorsefeed.com. There we go, Lynn Szymanski. Uh, <laughs> this is Max, and you can find me on Facebook, uh, Max Corcoran Horse Care. You can find me at the convention in Boston at the Sheraton Hotel, December 12th through the 15th, um, or at Cleary's, which is the great local irish bar down the road um you can find me on instagram at mmc338 uh and you can read my blogs at max corcoran wordpress and this is joe and you can find me on facebook joe meyer on my website joemeyereventing.com you can follow me on twitter joe meyer e-v-n-t-r you can find me on instagram joe meyer eventing and if you want to find your new horse <laughs> or anything else. Just get hold of me. You, you can find me training him in sun, sunny Ocala, Florida, getting him all ready. But um, enough about Max. that, Max. Have an awesome, awesome um, convention, Max. I know you're going to have a lot of fun, and um, I'll probably be at Universal Studios with the children at that stage, um, which I'm really excited excited about. But um, thank you, listeners, and we'll talk to you again in one month's time. 
Bye, everyone.